Welcome into the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's happening, everyone? Thanks for listening in. Uh, recording this on a Thursday, and that's 79 days until Georgia football kicks off versus Clemson and Charlotte on September 4th. Uh, so for me, this is like one of my most exciting, um, I guess, parts of the college football season and a very underrated part of the season in my mind because this is just the point where I usually have the most hope, if that makes sense. Like there aren't any losses on the schedule, no injuries. Um, everything is in front of us. You know, the possibilities are endless. You know, I feel that way even more with this team this year. Um, I believe this Georgia team is one of the best squads we've seen. And from top to bottom on the roster, it's loaded with talent and the experience. And when you add on, you know, a favorable schedule and the fact that the SEC East is going to be weak and the experience we have, I don't see how these Bulldogs can't do anything less than play for the SEC Championship in December. You know, the East, Florida is going to be down. Tennessee is down. South Carolina is down. Kentucky, I think, is going to be the second-best team in the East. Um, and we've had their number for years. So, you know, th- those are just my feelings right now. Uh, just a couple of months until kickoff. Like, really exciting time. And, and today I want to touch on a few interesting news nuggets from around college football and also just some recent recruiting news out of Athens just a fun off-season episode, so let's get into it. All right, so let's start with some college football roundup here. Um, just a few things I want to touch on news-wise. So, and you might not like this, Nick Saban just signed a contract extension to Alabama, so we're not we're gonna have to be seeing him um, in the future even more than we thought. So he'll be making eight point four million a year until twenty twenty eight with a raise each year. And who knows, he'll probably extend before then. And with a program like that, he doesn't have to do much. It's already ingrained in the culture at Alabama, winning and you know pulling these five-star recruits from everywhere. Um, so it, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if he kept coaching even beyond 2028. And I, I really just can't wait till I see another face coaching Alabama because it's just bad news for George every time we line up against them. Maybe not this year, though. Maybe not this year. So, also in a completely unrelated um, news nugget is ASU. So, Arizona State University is being investigated for hosting recruits amid the NCAA dead period during COVID 19. So, the NCAA instituted a dead period which kept recruits from meeting coaches face to face and visiting programs. Um, so, they apparently did that uh, during the dead period which was put in place because of COVID-19 and the issues there so and and Arizona State is coached by Herm Edwards legendary NFL coach NFL commentator he's a really cool guy to listen to so it's interesting to see what comes out of that Um, and then there's really two big storylines developing right now in college football we have the name image and likeness bills and the relation with the NCAA and then the college football expansion. Uh, So I'll get into the expansion next, but the name, image, and likeness situation is really interesting to me 
because it has the potential to change college sports, especially major sports like football and basketball. Um, starting July 1st in 19 states just right now, including Georgia, students will be allowed to make money from their own branding. So, for example, you know, let's say you JT Daniels, um, he could sign a deal with Nike or really anyone with five guys, Burgers, um, while he still plays at Georgia. So this season he could sign a deal like that and make money doing things for those guys. You know, in the past, guys couldn't make anything off of anything and were suspended for doing things like signing merchandise for cash, like, you know, Todd Gurley. You don't remember that. Um, so I'll tell you right now that I'm in full support of this change. I think for too long we've been ignoring the fact that these kids are making millions and millions of dollars for programs, schools, coaches, TV providers, but they haven't been they haven't received anything in return. You know, some people want to say, oh, well, students get an education, so they are getting paid already. Well, that's just ignorant to me. You know, I know former Auburn head coach Tommy Tuberville, who's now junior senator at Alabama, came out and said that very same thing. And I think that view is mostly political. It benefits those higher up, those making the money to keep kids from making their own money. You know, the bottom line for me is that if you do the work, you should be able to reap the benefits. So I'm in full support of these NIL bills that are being signed by more states every week. Texas just signed one, um, so there's 19 total right now, and, and we're moving forward. So I wouldn't be surprised if every state signs one in just a couple years' time. Um, but yeah, July 1st marks that beginning of this period, a really strange area. And, and there's been companies that come out or have been started to help these guys, to help these student-athletes um, to make money off their name, image, and likeness. Uh, you can sign with them and they'll help, you know, put up sponsorship deals and stuff like that and talk to the people in charge in these companies and help these student athletes make the money. But I think it's just long overdue for sure. I mean, so many people, and, and even if you say like, Hey, okay, he gets an education. That's his pay. Well, what if he did, what, what happens if an injury happens in his football injuries happen all the time, very dangerous sport. Um, what happens if, you know, he makes, he gets his education you know, to the third year, and he gets hurt. You know, what if his scholarship's pulled? You know, something like that. He has nothing to fall back on. Well, whereas this, you can go ahead and make your personal brand, start your personal brand, make your money, um, and have some different form of income, maybe get some experience and and working with companies like this. And then that means when, when something happens like, like I said, an injury, then you're, you're in a better spot than you would have been without it. So that's why I'm in support of that. Um, I think it's really interesting. And we'll see. I mean, we could see several different storylines come out of this, too, in the new future. So keep your eye out on that. Now, to this college football playoff expansion, something on a lighter note and is really fun. So if you haven't heard about the proposed playoff expansion yet, you're missing out. So the playoff committee has proposed a 12-team playoff to take over for the current four-team system that has been in place since the playoffs started in 2014. The proposal is that the Power Five Conference champions and the top-ranked Group of Five champion are automatic bids into the playoff. So spots one through six are automatically in. So that's the you know the five conference champions and the Power Five, um, and then the top-ranked Group of Five champion. Automatically in, one through six, right? So that just leaves six spots to the playoffs, you know, at-large bids, who they choose to be in. 
who they rank. Like that's what we have now, right? It's just, it's all at large bids. Whoever they rank gets in one through four. Um, but the last six in this proposed playoff expansion would be, uh, you know, not automatic bids, um, but chosen by the committee and, and determined by the rankings here. Um, so one through four teams would have a first round buy, while the five through eight teams hosted the nine through 12 ranked teams in an on-campus game. Uh, so and winners of that round would then face the one through four teams on a neutral site. First thoughts on this is that I absolutely love it. Bring it on, please. Playoffs are the best format in sports. And, and I'm not sure why college football hasn't done this you know, a long time ago, but I think it's a great sign for this sport moving forward and just make it even more of a monster of excitement and joy to fan bases. I mean, for me, this expansion means a few things, right? More playoff games, more teams, more chances to win, more fun, really. Like with the four-team system, it is so difficult to get in. And, and there's so much, for me, it's too much indecision on the last team and in, first team out, who's in, who's out in the last, like the fourth spot, the fifth spot. By opening the playoffs up to automatic bids like conference champions and then having six more spots for teams who make a big run you know, towards the end of the season, I think it creates much more of a level playing field between the top programs and teams who have been just out of the spotlight during the, these four-team playoffs. You know, like, we won't have this big conversation, I don't think, in this playoff system that we have in, the, in ours currently, which is, you know, between the fourth-ranked team and fifth-ranked team, who's in, who's out, who deserves it. Well, 12 or 13, instead of that, it will not be that big of a discussion, I don't think. Because once you have those automatic bids and then the six other best teams – that, you know, 13th best team, I don't think people are going to get that upset about. It won't be that big of a deal. I mean, who's in, who's out there, I think. That could be just me wishful thinking, but I'm not sure. My dog is like attacking my blinds in my room right now, trying to get a fly or something in the blinds. A little distracting, but I'm just going to let her go at it. She looks like she's having fun. So, um, you know, like teams like Wisconsin, Penn State, Cincinnati in the last few years just come to my mind that finish in the top 10. And why I've loved to see in the playoff spot there to just mix things up a bit. Let's have an underdog story of Cinderella, get in there, have some chances to win some playoff games. I love the NFL playoffs, so I can only imagine. And, and then look at look at hockey too. Hockey playoffs, you know, game series and stuff. That's awesome. What if we had like a six game series or seven game series? Six six doesn't make sense. Seven game series between college football teams. That wouldn't happen. Um, we'd have to shorten the games completely because there's just too many injury possibilities. But that would be awesome. I don't know. Just the, these playoff formations that these major, other major sports have, I think are really awesome. And I think college football is just going to benefit from playoffs like this. I mean, imagine what the college football playoff format could be. The committee will be deciding on that in the coming months. And the plan is for it to take over after the 2022 season. Um so really exciting times about that. I'm really excited about that. That's cool. Up next is recruiting outlook. So let's take a look at a few recruiting news nuggets um, around the dogs right now. So last week, in the la- well, the last couple weeks have been interesting in the class of 2022. Um, so we had two five-stars decommit. We had five-star athlete Dion Bowie and then Bear Alexander 
decommit. And, and Barry Alexander was surprising to me just because of what he said and how he was all dog, and he was really looking forward to be a Georgia Bulldog. And he visited the program and then soon after decommitted, and him and Dion Bowie actually decommitted within a day apart of each other. So that was a big blow to – we had the number one recruiting class ranked in the 22 um, class, and now it's number four in 2022, and it's really just because of those two guys and their decommitment. Now, Barry Alexander has kept Georgia in his top school, so there's a chance we could still get him. He's out of Georgia – well, he's out of Texas, sorry, rather. Texas A&M is rumored to be um, in the mix there and, and kind of keeping him in state, so that's the battle that we're having right now between Barry Alexander with Texas A&M and Georgia. Um, and then Dion Bowie has a big chance of returning as well. He's also a Georgia kid. Um, but then there also is some good news here. So five-star, you know, kind of we're all looking for a defensive tackle. I think that's a big big part of this recruiting cycle uh, just because of those big-end talents we have departing from the Bulldogs next year. And that is, of course, Jordan Davis and Deontay Wyatt. Now – to kind of make up for Barry Alexander's decommit there, you could say um, Georgia is really kind of going after this DT Travis Shaw, five-star defensive tackle um, from Georgia. Names UGA in his final four. So just last week, Travis Shaw named Georgia in his final four. You got Clemson in there as well. Um, and that's the battle we're having, and it's between us and Clemson for those guys. Now, if we take a look – at the 2022 class right now, uh, 10 hard commits, second in the ACC, uh, fourth nationally, got a av- good average rating of over 93 as grade for each recruit. And Gunnar Stockton, of course, leads this class in a five-star quarterback prospect um, out of Tiger, Georgia. And then Malachi Starks, he's one of the best. He's probably the best. top. He is the top-rated athlete in the country in 2022 he's out of jefferson georgia um so there's a, still a lot of exciting guys on here and i was watching marquise groves kilbrew from snellville georgia cornerback recruit go through some reps today and he was looking really great in that camp he just explosive hips moving reminded me of eric stokes and just his fluidity in the hips and i really liked his speed and, and explosiveness there in his drills um and then another recruit i'm really excited about that it hasn't gotten that much notoriety, I think, is C.J. Washington, who's from Cedartown, you know, Nick Chubb town. Um, he's a really explosive linebacker, 6'1", 215. Check out his highlights if you haven't. I think he can really contribute in the middle in the future. Reminds me of a Roquan Smith. I kind of do get caught up, you know, comparing recruits to really good Georgia players that I've seen over my lifetime. So I have that tendency, <laughs> but... Not saying he'll be Roquan Smith, but he, he reminds me of him. So this class is really strong still, folks. Don't get kind of discouraged at those two five-star decommits. Still a lot of great players in this class. And if there's one thing we know about Kirby Smart, he can recruit and he can close recruiting class cycles. Um, so not worried at all right now. All right, so let's talk real quick about a stat I found, a little stat of the day action for you guys um, and ladies. And so, you know, I kind of get caught up every now and then with, in a conversation with a fan of a you know beautiful program like Florida or Tennessee, South Carolina, 
Alabama every now and then, you know, fan bases who really don't like the Georgia Bulldogs that much. And they say that Georgia cannot develop talent, right? Like that's something I hear regularly from people, especially from those fan bases. Oh, and tech and tech, but I hear it from fan bases all over. And it's not that big of a deal, but it's just not true. And I saw a stat just the other day that kind of proves this. This is from 247 Sports, you know, one of the largest recruiting databases available and who we use when we talk recruiting. So 247 Sports released some statistics describing each program and their performance with top recruits versus drafted players. So, for example, how many top recruits you signed and what percentage of those recruits were drafted. So according to this, Georgia is the ninth best program in the country in developing recruits. UEGA had 33 top recruits in the last five years, and 55% of those guys were drafted. So if you hear that nonsense about Georgia not developing there, here's a stat for your tool belt your offensive tool belt when talking to the opposing fan bases that you most likely will have to, especially this season. George is going to be a top team, so we're going to get a lot of crap. So I'm I'm ready for it. I don't know if you are. Um, So yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And, and, you know, also I just want to give a shout out, you know, before we get out of here today, especially got to give a shout out to my Atlanta Hawks for just, having one of the best playoff comebacks in history, which is crazy when you think about it. An Atlanta sports team was on the other end of a big upset. So Atlanta was down like 26 points to Philadelphia last night, the 76ers. The series was tied at 2-2. Two to two. We're in Philly in a hostile environment. Trey Young dropped like 39 points. The series is now Atlanta up 1-3-2. Just one more game to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. And, you know, the Hawks were doing horrible and then fired their coach like a quarter of the way through the season and went on a huge run. So just congratulations to the Hawks, to the Atlanta fan base, and and to Georgia sports fans in general. Um, The Falcons disappoint us. The Braves are are really just are killing my heart each night almost. You know, as far as the Braves action goes, I've been to a couple games this season. I love my Braves very much. I'm very excited for the potential this team has, especially Ronald Acuna Jr., the best player in baseball right now. But we can't do anything to win games, and it's just so disappointing. Like last night, we were up you know, seven. No, what, what was it? What was it? Eight to seven, I believe. Yeah, in the, in the seventh, and then we just allowed a grand slam. We end up losing like 10 to 9. That's just the story of the season for us. But you know what we do have? The Hawks. We have the Hawks. And I'm excited. And I want Atlanta to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And if we could even do something to upset the Nets, how would that be for an offseason story? Come on. Georgia sports fans are just like chomping at the bit for this. So really excited for those guys. Glad to actually watch some good playoff basketball for once from the Hawks. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk on Atlanta Sports. Uh, But now that's the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review on whatever platform you're listening on. Please help us grow. Um, Leave a comment if you'd like, a review. um, And then follow me 
on Twitter at J underscore Shelton underscore for breaking news and stories. And also let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of this team, this upcoming 2021 Georgia Bulldog team. We're going to be one of the top teams in the country. And also follow us at UGA Football Live on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, we are at UGAWire.com, part of the USA Today's College Wire Network, uh, covering Georgia football and Georgia sports in general. Just, just hit us up there and see what we've got going on. We've got recruiting coverage right now, which is the biggest part of our offseason as well as some summer workout news and notes from Georgia's practices. So just check us out there and let us know what you think. And um, until next week, take care, everybody. Go dogs. Tyler Simmons is on sides. Aggravation stew out of me.